Welcome to Maximum Desire Podcast, where we are all about creating strong, healthy, and loving relationships. I'm your host, Jeannie Morm. Now, in today's episode, I have a special treat for you. I had the honor of interviewing two incredible individuals and friends of mine, Dave and Nancy Audette, who have a powerful story to share with you about overcoming prostate cancer. Now, Dave faced the challenges of prostate cancer head on, and he emerged victorious. And since then, He's been inspiring many along the way. Now, joining me in this conversation is my husband, Kurt. Now, get ready to be inspired, informed, uplifted as we explore this remarkable story over the next four episodes. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jeannie, the host of Maximum Desire. Have you lost your desire for intimacy and connection? It wasn't that long ago I lost my confidence and desire for intimacy and connection. After high medical bills and no answers, I went on a journey to find solutions. I've been married over 30 years and overcame my challenges through research and a lot of hard work. I created this podcast to help you ignite the desire and passion for intimacy, feel more confident in and out of the bedroom. Now, if this is you, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started. Kurt and Jeannie, along with their guests, Dave and Nancy, are not doctors and are not in the medical profession. Everything they said is from their own personal experience or their own research and talking with doctors. This podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This is Kurt and Jeannie. Hi there. So we are going to continue our conversation with our good friends, Dave and Nancy. Fourth segment yeah. on prostate cancer. I don't know if that's their real name. Okay, <laughs> we'll fess up. I'm Dave. He's Nancy. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. So we're going to talk about sex after prostate cancer. Sex after what did you call it, Nancy? Well, the, the process is penile rehab, which is wow. kind of scary sounding, but... I don't think basically... anybody would listen if yeah. we named it that title, huh? Yeah. Sex after we prostate, prostate cancer. Sounds a whole lot. So I don't think a lot of people truly understand what happens after prostate cancer when it comes to sex. And we never knew. We have talked about this before, the two of us. You talked about this in a former segment that your dad had surgery, mm-hmm. prostate cancer. Your brothers have too, because mm-hmm. you have um, four brothers. There's four of you. Yeah. There's six in your family. We truly never, ever understood what was entailed with prostate cancer, mm-hmm. surgery, what happens after prostate cancer until we met Dave and Nancy. Yep. And they totally shed a light for us. We're extremely open. And then since then, we have talked to people and they've shut down. They don't want to talk about it. So this is why we've asked them to come and, and share. So this might be maybe a little uncomfortable, but we're going to be as open as we possibly can because we're not governed by the FCC, so we can be very open. So I'm just going to give you that notice before we start and that disclaimer. I've had some of my friends who listen to the podcast share with me that they had listened to the radio show and said it was a painful subject to listen to, but really, really, really important. So yeah. we're going to talk about it because we really believe that people need to be educated yeah. and to know. Because Nancy had said in the former segment that the fear, and that is from a female's or spouse's perspective, of maybe losing that relationship and that marriage. And that's what we don't want to happen. And this is the purpose of doing this podcast is to talk about really difficult subjects and get people talking. Yeah and getting this form out there so that people can also be educated. Yep. Recovery. Recovery. It's a process. And there are a couple of things that I needed to do 
in order to become fully functioning? Well, first of all, we talked about doing Kegels. No, That's Kegels. That's real important. Kegels. Tell us a little bit about that. Doing Kegels. Clenching your ass cheeks together <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. All right. And using your abdomen, your muscles, and your buttocks to really clench because what that does is help you control. You know, guys, if you're ever standing in a urinal and all of a sudden someone came up behind you and hit you or whatever and you, you have that <laughs> clench and try and stop urinating, that's doing Kegels. And to do that and control those muscles is real important because one of the things you don't want to do is leak. Okay. I mean, that's very important for yourself, for your own feeling of well-being. Hygienically, it's real important. So you know, how... on the lighter side, I just want to say, if you said tighten your ass. If I do those, will it tighten my ass? Because all I want to do is a tight ass. <laughs> and I know we're talking about prostate, so but... you could never be a tight ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's our intro right there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> awesome, man. In doing the, the Kegels, too, is when you're going to the bathroom, try to stop going and then start again and stop and start. And that's also part of doing the Kegels, and that's what yeah, you want to do to control those that, muscles. that muscle. So as soon as you heard and would be good for recovery, you started doing the Kegels. Before I even had the surgery, uh -huh. my doctor insisted that I start doing those uh -huh. and, and he had therapist. me go to a physical therapist uh -huh. so she could check to make sure I was doing them correctly to get the right muscles <laughs> working her. but believe uh, it got a visual yeah, but, yeah okay yeah, you're about right and, and how and, could you get the wrong muscles working? <laughs> and which would be the wrong ones I'm not sure I know oh, okay. because oh, okay. I was an A student oh, oh okay. <laughs> but, but truly to the fact where my doctor told me at every stop every time you hit a red light kegel yeah Kegel while you stop there. If you're doing it for a minute and you hit 10 red lights during the course of your morning drive or your evening drive, that's what you needed to do. Huh. And I did. Do you religiously still do them? On occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it paid so, off because when they took the catheter out, he barely leaked it all. And the doctor was very impressed. Wow. All right. Based so, so that is, thank you. That's one thing you need to do. Then using a vacuum pump. And this is daily Cialis. So daily before Cialis surgery. was before surgery and after surgery, just to make sure the blood flow, uh, keep blood flow. Let me interrupt here. We all know that guys will have erections in the middle of the night. Yep. But you have more than you think you do. You might really? have five to seven of them. Holy Moses. <laughs> I am wasting all those, those erections. Nancy, thank okay. you. Well, I mean, when I say erection, I mean blood flow and, right. and oxygen going to the penis. It may not get really hard, but it, it, you've got that happening all night long. Well, once you have prostate cancer, that doesn't happen. So we have to do it artificially, I guess. Yeah, you have or, to find you know, a way to do it. You have to find a way. So the Cialis, every day, a low and dose that. of Cialis will get that what doesn't happen naturally at night to right. a guy. So that's the purpose of and the then Cialis. Pump therapy. Using yeah. a vacuum pump and getting your penis engorged so that that blood is flowing. Now so, that doesn't start though till after the catheter comes out about yeah, a that, week or so after surgery. Okay. Right. So you get a pump? Right. Medical pump. Yep. Yeah. My okay. doctor, you know, doctor has someone there. If you've gone to a urologist to have the surgery or whatever treatment you've had and there is someone there show you exactly what it is and what you need to do and they recommend it highly and i do too how often you know what initially pretty much as In often as you could do day. it you know just you know take a shower do it before five or ten minutes that's about it 
but it get, just gets the blood going. And that's what you want it to do when you first have the surgery, and is just keep the blood going through your penis. And technically, you can use the pump for erections, but we didn't like that mm. because it makes it blue and cold and kind mm. of floppy. So the pump, now I know there's a lot of men that use a pump for erections and have sex and they use a, a ring mm. with the pump and all that. But personally, we didn't care for that. So he strictly used it as therapy. We didn't use it for sex. Right. Mm. So that's what I did. Then to take it one step further, as far as having intercourse, you could, depending upon medical condition, recommendation, whatever, you could actually have a penile implant. Because I've done some research on that. Right. Form of treatment that some doctors say would be of benefit to a number of patients, but because of the stigmatism, they opt not to do that. This particular doctor said it's a great opportunity for those people that could use that type of a... You know, I think whatever works for you. Right. I really believe that. I opted to do, uh, after we discussed it, is what's called Trimix. I think this is where, when you talked about we did the radio show and... Mm -hmm. This is where guys cringe because <laughs> essentially what you do is you take a needle that usually use diabetics use to do an injection and you inject Trimix right into your penis. Mm. Now Trimix is a mix of three different drugs that are basically used medically for blood and oxygen. I think it was developed in like for heart surgery to get things going, but they, increases blood flow. Yeah, okay. that is essentially what it does. Okay. So he injects it into his penis, kind of a, if your guys looking straight down at it, mm -hmm. kind of at the three and nine o'clock, or is that about right? Ten, ten and two, ten almost and two. like you're driving. Yeah, yeah. Remember your ten and <laughs> yeah. two in driver's edge. Well, that's about where you right. if you penis in hand and you insert at ten o'clock or two o'clock, uh -huh. and insert in the trimix varies as far as how much someone uses. Um, you can adjust the dose yourself. And you can adjust down. your dose when you do it. And you find that it works. Everything that you hear when they advertise Cialis and Viagra as far as if you have an erection for more than four hours, well, that holds true with Trimix, mm -hmm. too. You don't want to have an erection for that long. But okay. the drug works remarkably well. It gives you... Okay, let me inter interject. <laughs> when he says it works remarkably well, it means he's hard for up to two hours. Oh. It doesn't go down yeah. for two hours. Okay. So do you ejaculate during that? No, two no hours? there is no. no ejaculation. There is no ejaculation. You can, you can orgasm. Can orgasm right. But it's dry. It's there dry. is no, There's no ejaculation. So can you... Are you multi-orgasmic? Multi <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, Jeannie... Are you? I can be multi-orgasmic. Oh, my. You know, we have a lot in common yeah. <laughs> between our cakels that you're going to help me with. Uh, yep. And we're both multi-orgasmic. Uh, yes. Man. When we first started doing the shot, he wouldn't let me get near him with the needle. But we do have a funny experience. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, thank you. Because by law, the doctor has to do the first injection uh, to make sure his blood pressure doesn't drop or he doesn't have a heart attack. Or, you know, because sure. it's, it's these drugs, I yeah. guess. So we're sitting in the doctor's exam room. And I went with him. And... He's sitting on the table with his, you know, dress pants down to his knees, a white shirt and tie on, 8 o'clock in the morning, and the doctor comes in, how you doing? And he says, okay, you ready? Yep, jabs his penis with the needle, and he says, I'll self-stimulate, I'll be back in 15 minutes. So Dave's sitting there kind of, you know, <laughs> self-stimulating. He finally looks over at me and says, I could use a little help. Well, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I brought a little bottle of oil that we use for massage and we use as a, as a lube. So I'm 
doing everything I usually do, and we're jumping like 16-year-old kids, you know, Every getting time caught. Every we slam oh in the doctor's gosh, office. Oh, my gosh, hear people talk in the doctor's office, and we're jumping, my heart's pounding, and we're like kids, you know, being caught like, necking. Were, were you, you naked? Know? Did oh, you get God, all naked? No, I wasn't oh, naked. <laughs> make it juicier, Nancy. But, <laughs> but all of a sudden, I look at my watch. It's been like 12 minutes. I go, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. And so then I realize we have oil everywhere. It's all over the white paper on the exam table, all over him, all over my face, my hands, I mean everywhere. Wow. And and then I forgot too that I had put lavender essential oil in the oil so the room now smelled of lavender. And we're trying to tear the paper off and throw it away. He's trying to wipe all the oil off of him and I'm trying to get the oil off of me. And I finally sitting in a chair and my heart's going, you know, like this and the doctor just walks in the room. And, you know, he could have walked in a minute earlier and, you know, anyway, it was pretty funny. Is everything funny. okay? Yep. It worked. He said, fine, Going here, away. here's your script. And to this time, now that was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we use Trimix religiously, and it, it's great. The reality of Trimix is, though, and this is where I've said that we have a different road we're going down. It's a great road, but it's still different, is you can really only supposed to do Trimix every other day. So, and because you do the shot, that early morning wake up and cuddle and have sex doesn't really happen. The spontaneity isn't what it That's used what to be. That's what we don't have. That's don't the one have thing the spontaneity we miss is spontaneity. Because you got to stop. He's got to get a syringe. He's got to give himself a shot. We, you know, I mean, that mm-hmm. that kind of takes that heat of the moment spontaneity. <laughs> but that's okay. It doesn't mean, you know, I mean, we still have sex when we want to. We just have to plan. And there's days he's done it two days in a row. But generally speaking, you can't do it more than two days in a row. So... So he has a hard dick every other day. Well, because you know why, what? Oh my gosh, that's more than most of our listening audience out there. They're gonna want to just. They're gonna want to get trimix, uh, even though know, they don't have prostate cancer. And you know, it's got to be kept frozen, so you got to make special do special things to travel with it, which we do. We you know, and it all works great. But you can't do it every other day. So you look at it on the far as our road and road we're traveling is yes we got to make um plans we'll make a plan for a lovemaking date there you, go. you know it's a great way it's a great way to yeah. make we, a we date set right? dates yeah. you know we make a date tomorrow Nothing afternoon you know let's make a date for lovemaking I, and if it stays hard so, for two hours then yeah, you're then you're, you're, you're going at it for two <laughs> exactly. hours so don't call you during so, that time we're doing the trimix and you know he would miss occasionally and then it wouldn't work if he doesn't get it in the right area in the corpus cavernosum is where you need to get it and it would miss so I became very adept doing what I call an FDO and I learned how to give him orgasms doing an FDO and Jeannie do you know what an FDO is no I want to guess but no I I, I don't (laughs) FDO Floppy, F- floppy, floppy dick, dick orgasm. orgasm. That's what it is. I could actually, using my hands, and I know this is going to sound weird, but again, you got to just change your technique. Mm-hmm. And I've actually told a few girlfriends whose husbands had prostate cancer, and they tried it, and it worked. So I know it's a good technique, but it's kind of like milking a cow. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a, because it's soft. There's no hardness, so you're kind of pulling and going hand over hand and pulling. And I mean, I, is that too much? No. But, no. So, um, so wait a minute. So... A guy can orgasm with Absol- a floppy oh, dick. Absolutely. Well, we need a totally podcast soft. just on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so let's let's talk about that. Okay. okay. Can you go over that again? Because I'm okay. I'm sure our listening audience would love that. Okay. So, so how? So I do it sort of a hand over hand. I don't know how to how to, other than showing somebody. But imagine milking a cow where you're kind of pulling, kind of yeah, pulling on it and going hand over hand using a lot of oil or lube, and it takes a while, but 
You get there. So it never gets hard, right? Not, not without the Trimix, no. Oh. And so um, he would have an orgasm. And, oh. and But normally but, if he did but the Trimix... And that was kind of initially. Yeah, that was in the beginning. Four years later... Yeah, it's different now. It's different. We don't and do those. No, but four years later, and this should be good news for people that are listening, it doesn't get... I, I can get a bit of an erection, not solid enough really for intercourse, but the blood flow is there where there's a bit of an erection mm -hmm. to the point where you say, geez, almost. Mm -hmm. So this four years later is good news. Mm -hmm. It takes two to three years for the nerves to heal. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, and you know, that's, that's important to know because it's, don't despair yeah. after surgery because well, there's still a road to go down before you get to a point where you can say, okay, this is where I'm going to be now. Right. It's, we, it's a process. Yeah. We were having regular intercourse with a month after surgery. So, well, I had a question that I wanted to ask you. So recovery, is it painful right after surgery? or Not at all. I had no really? pain. I don't even know if I went home with... Two or three little incisions. Yeah, I don't know if I went home with meds. I probably did, but I don't think I took any. I had little, if any, pain. I think your testicles got a little bruised, though. Probably, but no pain. The most uncomfortable part after the surgery was having that catheter bag hanging from them for a week. For a week. You know, because you got to... Right. We had to rig up a way to hang the bag, so, you know... Yep. So that and that was there. it. I missed a week of work, mm -hmm. but truly felt fine during that week. It was just a matter of waiting to go back to get the okay to go back to be able to drive and go back to work and take the catheter out. I felt if I had surgery on a Thursday, I believe I really felt great on Monday. Huh. Yeah. So and you were golfing four weeks. Four weeks. Wow. So getting back to sex, everything that we do now is exactly the same as what we did before there's only two differences is the dry orgasm where he doesn't ejaculate which actually sometimes isn't all that bad, that bad on, from a woman's perspective no um, wet sheets that's kind of yeah, nice exactly yeah. um the the spontaneity you know but that's okay yeah. you know we, we work around that and there was a third one i don't remember what it was it's the best you've ever had in your life. It's the, oh, that's right. It's the best I've ever had in my life. Um, but it's all the same. It's just as good. I mean, it's it really hasn't changed. We just had to kind of adapt a few things. It is a little harder for him to orgasm, so we just have to... That is true. I do not... I think we said in the earlier segment, it feels different. There's a different feeling. You don't have the same sensation that you used to have. You still have an orgasm. But it doesn't come as easily, lack of a better way to say it, it, it doesn't come as easily. But when you do, they feel good. I mean, there's... They do feel good. And you do every time. <laughs> it's just sometimes it takes a little work if you want to call it work. And, and this is a personal question, but how often would you say you have sex a week? Well, you know, we're looking at quality now versus quantity. And great, it, and great it answer. And it does vary because okay. there are times where we'll do it several times a week, but then there's times when life gets in the way and we don't. The first two years we knew each other, we had sex every single day. Every single day. Well, you know, we've been married five and a half years. It's not every single day anymore. Yeah. Plus, he's had a knee replacement. Yeah. He's had back problems as we're getting older. I've had some health issues. So that kind of stuff will 
affect it. Yes. And so, even through all of but, that, you two are a very sexy couple. Wouldn't you say, Kurt? Yep. Yeah. So even though you said you had a you know knee replacement uh-huh. and, and the medical issues, that's what we want to let our listening audience know. Even though you have medical issues, as long as you keep yourself up, yeah. you know, exercise, stay healthy, you can be a very exactly. sexy couple. We, we, again, going back on the humor, one day we were making love and, and I said to him, you know, back in the day, we'd go, oh, I love your, you know, your hard can I say cock? Okay. Or, you know, or you feel you so, you, or, or you, you know, you feel so good in me or I like what you're doing. Now our conversation is more like, how's your knee? Is your back okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't move. My hips don't move. But <laughs> do, you, do we need to change positions? Because I can't move anymore. I, oh, cramps. Oh my God. The cramp in my leg. You know, it's a different conversation, but yeah. the sex is still amazing. Yeah. It's still the best in the world and he's still my life. And it's just, you know, we're 63 and 65, and things change. Wow, and they gave their so, age. I'm impressed. Wow. Um, and life is great. And life is great. So there is incredible sex after prostate cancer. You just do it a little bit different, right. you know? Wow. We're going to wrap things up. From my perspective, coming from my background, prostate cancer, and my family, I can't thank both of you enough for being so open, sharing your knowledge, the vast knowledge that you have, being vulnerable, and not only now for us, but all of our listeners truly around the world that are going to be listening that, and hopefully sharing with their friends, with their guy friends and, and couples, because most of us guys and couples are going to be facing this at one time or another in yeah. our life if we live to be old enough. It's such a huge issue. As a listening audience, you guys know, I go out and I ask people and I have conversations and that's how we have a lot of content for our programs. This is one of the hardest topics that I cannot break through and get men to open up. And this is why we are so thankful to these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been our pleasure. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Have a great night. Thank you so much for tuning in to another insightful episode of Maximum Desire. I hope you found this interview with Dave and Nancy Audette on prostate cancer informative and valuable. Now, if you have any questions or you wish to contact Dave and Nancy directly, feel free to reach out to them at prostatehealth2024 at outlook.com. Now, to stay updated on future episodes and to show your support, don't forget to hit the follow button. And I would also greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this episode below. For detailed information and additional resources, please refer to the show notes below. Thank you again for listening. Your support means the world to me. Good night.